0: back here it's dr Rose. be well take care keep it right here for another hour of full-time fantasy back right after this
1: join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the fantasy sports network fantasy sports radio network news update.
0: Let the trade rumors begin. We're at the all-star break. The de facto start of the trade rumor season and Ken Rosenthal of the Athletics said Monday that he expects the Indians to be quote aggressive listeners on Trevor Bauer leading up to the trade deadline. Scott Mitchell of the Sports Network reports that the Yankees and Twins have inquired with the Blue Jays about a trade involving both Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles. After that vicious collision with Jake Marisnick, Jonathan Lucroy has been diagnosed with a concussion and a fractured nose. Jose Alvarado is expected to be sidelined for six to eight weeks the tampa bay rays and in football colts tight end jack doyle said he's quote not rushing his recovery He recovered from hip surgery but still dealing with some lingering issues from a kidney issue earlier this year and the charlotte observers brendan marks is writing that cam newton is quote slated to be a full participant when training camp opens newton is recovering from a shoulder injury i'm dan straver and this has been your fantasy sports radio network news update stay tuned to the fantasy sports radio network for more updates
1: at the top of every hour
2: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: It's time to play! Full time fantasy. Play! Full time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday. You can catch the show live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If not, don't worry. You can check it out on demand any you want. Just go to podcast, search for full-time fantasy, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new show is uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter. At Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. If you use the promo code Ronis50, you get two months for the price of one. And now is a great time to join as we have all the fantasy football content to help you dominate your draft. I have an article up looking at Philip Lindsay. Is he undervalued or overvalued? Coming off an impressive season. And remember, he was an undrafted rookie, he wasn't even invited to the combine. And he was a league winner last year. A lot of people spent a bulk of money in Fab after week one. I was fortunate enough to get him in one league last year, and uh, he really helped me. I mean, I had a really good team. That was like a, a just we all have those uh, a couple maybe you know a couple times a year where you just nail the draft. And in this specific league, I'd nailed the draft the last two years. I've been able to win. But Lindsey was definitely a, a key component. You know, to get that guy off the waiver wire in week one and have him the entire year was big so what does it mean for this year you know just because he had a big year last year doesn't mean it'll happen again so get my thoughts on Philip Lindsay right now also have an article coming today on a undervalued quarterback that I don't think people realize how good he has been and it's not reflected in his ADP so we know people like to wait on quarterbacks in the fantasy football world championship format and I think even now it is struggling to home leagues still not as Prevalent as it is in the high-stakes leagues and the industry leagues, but people are starting to see you can wait on the quarterback. So I have a good one. That article will be up today. Uh, We have the training camp question series from Dr. Otto. He's looking at the 49ers today. And, of course, Sean Childs with his in-depth team outlooks. They're all done. He's run through every team, and they're really good stuff. I mean, if you go through one team and you don't learn at least three things, something's wrong. And I'm being on the conservative end. So he put in a lot of work and a lot of research so you don't have to do it. All you have to do is just read the article, and it goes through every position. And maybe you you don't really care about the linemen. I mean, offensive linemen are very important, but maybe you don't want to read in depth. So you can just look at the skill position players, but it's all there for you. So you can check it out. We still have baseball coverage as well. And if you're looking... For uh, an answer for baseball, all you got to do is ask it on the message boards and the forums. Uh, We will answer that. But, you know, there are the closer reports, depth chart updates, waiver wire reports, stock watch for baseball, too. So, we didn't forget about you. Also have uh, online championship recaps and reviews. We'll be continuing to do those. Uh, I reviewed an online championship. I reviewed my FSGA draft. So, those draft breakdowns, people seem to like. So, we'll continue to do those. We have our high-low ADP looking at the constant changes. That's a great tool. So, there's so many... Great tools here. Our rankings will be up shortly as well. So lots of uh, great content there. Again, enter the promo code is 50 Get 50% off your first two months. And you can head on over and play in the Fantasy Football World we PlayFFWC.com. We've got a draft and go best ball draft tonight. Five spots left. Kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern. And a start of full season draft at 10 p.m. Eastern. So check that out. I uh, Wanted to talk a little bit about the home run derby from last night. and. If you don't, if you didn't like this, you didn't enjoy it. I really don't know what to tell you. You know, I saw there were people still complaining, and yes, it did go a little long, but that was exciting. And we know that the ball is definitely juiced, but that was a good example of baseball showing its great young players. And right before the home run derby started, I decided to put down some money. Uh, I decided on on two players I was going to go with, uh, and they were Pete Alonso and Ronald Acuna. So, those were the two guys. I think Alonso I got at plus 350 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And Acuna was plus 900. So, I was looking. I I really thought Alonso had a a good shot to win this. When I did my um, T-Mobile Home Run Derby bracket, uh, I had Alonso winning it. And I thought Acuna had a really good shot in this one as well. But, man, Vladimir Guerrero put on a show yesterday. I mean, he had 91 total home runs. And I have seen some people say, oh, Vlad hit 91 and Alonso only hit, what do you have, 60-something. And how, how did that happen? Well, let's consider Alonso did not take a full allotted time a couple of times. I think the first round he needed 14. He got to 14. He stopped. And also, remember, Guerrero had the two Extra minutes versus Jock Peterson and the three extra swings. So it wasn't to diminish anything that uh, Vladimir Guerrero, but you have to take into context what happened there. And uh, it was definitely exciting. And I I knew once I had Acuna and Alonso on that side of the bracket, bracket and Vlad and Peterson going back and forth, I knew whoever emerged probably would be a little bit fatigued because it's a lot to go up there for you Know four minutes straight. I know they get the one timeout, but it takes a lot out of you. So, actually, I'm looking at the, the Acuna odds at the point I got it were plus 1,000, so would have been nice. But Alonso plus 351, uh, so was happy about that. Uh, Vlad, a lot of people were critical saying he shouldn't have been in the home run derby. Meanwhile, he was right up among the favorites, even though he was the eighth seed, which is misleading. I think everyone knows how good Vladimir Guerrero is. He actually has been a little bit of a disappointment in fantasy, considering where you drafted him. A lot of people took him in the third or fourth round before the injury, and even after the injury, he only fell just a little bit. And I said, if you love Vladimir Guerrero, you shouldn't ding him too much because there was a chance he was going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season anyway because of uh, you know time and, and you know getting the extra year from him. But Yeah, it has been a disappointment, but you see why people love him. And, yes, it's BP. It's a little bit different, and he's got that violent swing. But, man, uh, he put on a show, and we got to see three rookies make the semifinals. And, uh, well, Acuna in his second year, a young player. But Acuna, Alonso, and Vladimir Guerrero, it just shows how bright the future is for baseball. A ton of good young talent that is coming up earlier and earlier, and I thought it was a very entertaining home run derby yesterday and probably the high point of the season or the last high point of the season for the mets alonzo winning the home run derby because it is all downhill from here as city field is going to be a ghost town the rest of the year they have just been an absolute disappointment and we're hearing zach Wheeler drawing a lot of interest now expect him to be traded when we return we'll talk some football looking at that scott fishbowl that is ahead right here his is full-time fantasy on the fantasy sports radio network Back here, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Be joined by Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day from ffchamps.com. He's going to join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. So we'll talk about his fishball and how it's going. And uh, I decided on my pick here in round six, uh, and I went with Lamar Jackson uh, as the 16th quarterback off the board. There were 15 quarterbacks gone. Uh, I was one of two teams that had yet to take a quarterback, and I'm picking second overall. So, you know, I have to try and decide here uh, what I was going to do. And there were some good skill position players on the board. There was a running back and receiver I like. Now, I started my team with Christian McCaffrey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, Hunter Henry, And now Lamar Jackson. And there were a few quarterbacks I liked. And then the team after took Dak Prescott on the turn at QB 17. And that was the other guy I was looking at. And I like both. But Lamar Jackson in this format I think is pretty good. Because we get a five-point bonus for every 50 yards rushing. And when Lamar Jackson became the starter last year from weeks 11 to 16, here's his rushing yards. 119, 71 with a touch. 75 with a touch, 67, 95, and 39. So, pretty much every week except one, he hit that 50-yard bonus. And he had the two rushing touchdowns. Now, we know he doesn't do much in the passing game. He reached 200 yards passing one time. But even with that said, for this format, he scored 27.4, 25.22, 26, 30.58, 28.74, and 19.56. So, On an absolute abysmal week for him, where he passed for two hundred four yards and a touchdown, and only rushed for thirty nine, he still almost got you twenty points. So, what if he improves as a passer? It's certainly possible. Um, We know he's not going to attempt a lot of passes, and yes, I am not going to get the three hundred yard bonus where you get the five points, but that's offset by what he does on the ground. So, it was really close. I I feel like there is a couple quarterbacks here that I really like, and uh, just felt like he has the highest floor and we know he's going to continue to run the football and uh what he can do over a full season uh will be uh, amazing on the ground so yes i get dinged a little bit in the passing game but you know he should be a lock for most weeks to get 50 rushing yards now if he continues to run at this pace i guess you do have to worry about injury a little bit as well so that is a risk there but he just provided a real solid floor and especially if he can get some of those young rookies that were drafted uh, in the passing game and connect with them deep. You know, he really could have a, a huge ceiling. So it was close, but ultimately decided to go with Lamar Jackson here. You know, Dak Prescott was in consideration and he went with the next pick. Uh, you know, could have even waited here? And Maybe now I, I guess there's not a lot that I take a second quarterback with that next pick and it should come up sometime during the show. Uh, but when you're picking at the ends, especially since I'm second overall, it's a long wait. And I do think there will be some teams that take a third quarterback potentially. So the team picking one in the turn has two. I have one. Team three has none. Uh, the team after has one. Then there's two. One, one, two, 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 two one. So a lot of those teams are going to grab a second quarterback. And I could see, I don't think it makes sense to take a third one this early. Uh, especially since we have four flex spots. And, yes, to me, there's not a lot of quarterback positions battles this year, not many up for grabs, but we know injuries are going to happen. We know players emerge. I think last year was a little bit different because we had several rookies that we knew at some point were going to start, like Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. We knew they were going to get a Lamar Jackson. We knew they were going to get an opportunity at some point where there's not as many this year when you look at the potential quarterback battles. So, Look, I felt like I read the draft room correctly, and I think that's the thing. You know, we get a lot of questions about super flex leagues. When should I take a quarterback? There's no clear-cut answer, and I say this for most drafts. You really have to read the draft room and see where people are going. So, in this case, a quarterback, there was one in the first round, two in the second, and three in the third. So, so. Uh, five quarterbacks through three rounds in a super flex draft and seven through rounds four. I know a lot of drafts were not like this. So if I was in a different draft, I might have to react differently. I might've taken a quarterback in round four, but just reading the way this draft was going, I said, okay, people are devaluing the quarterback a little bit. They're pushing up the running backs. So I'm not going to reach on a running back. And I've done this in drafts where I've had early picks. I already have that one elite running back in Christian McCaffrey. You know, I think those top running backs are very valuable in this format. There's just not many of them. We only have to start two running backs. So this is a league where we start one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, and four flex spots. Now, obviously, one of the flex spots could be a quarterback. And most teams are going to employ a quarterback In that flex spot. Because they're going to score the most. Even on a crappy week. Like I just told you. Like a bad week for Lamar Jackson. He had almost 20 points. You're not going to see that. From a receiver tight end running back. So you're going to want a quarterback in that flex spot. And you just kind of have to decide. all right, What do I do? And you see. There was a big quarterback run in this round here. Round six. Uh, We saw eight quarterbacks go off the board, eight of the 12 picks in round six. So now is the point where people are going, okay, it's time to take a quarterback and where you pick in the draft is also important. You know, Dr. Orto is picking a 12. He's on the end. I'm picking number two. So I'm on the end too. So we're going to miss out on that run. You kind of have to anticipate and decide what you're going to do. And the key here for me in my next pick is okay. If I do wait on a quarterback, another, 20-plus picks, am I going to feel comfortable with who's left? And the answer is, I don't think so. So I'm leaning towards taking another quarterback. Uh, There's a couple guys there that I like. I mean, if I was guaranteed a Jimmy Garoppolo or Sam Donald around eight, I would pass on a quarterback here. But that's the tricky part about picking on the end. You don't know that. Now, if I'm picking six or seven in the middle, you can see what other teams have. Uh, So I'll give you an example. The team picking at seven. He has one quarterback, but uh, every team behind him except one has two. So he can take the risk and say, you know what? I'm going to gamble that only one team potentially takes a quarterback and hope that the second one makes it back to me. So if he has two quarterbacks that he loves and then there's a drop-off, he can say, okay, I'm going to take the risk of a team not taking a third quarterback in round seven and hope that makes it back to me. Now that can backfire because you don't know what your opponents are going to do. It's a possibility that that maybe there's a team that takes third quarterback, and now you're you're screwed. Not screwed, but you know your ideal situation didn't pan out. So you kind of have to read the draft room and figure it out. So I think I've done a pretty good job so far of reading this draft room uh, because I am fine with. The two quarterbacks I'm going to have, assuming I take one here in round seven, and to wait till round six and seven to get those two quarterbacks. Uh, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson and other leagues probably went in round four, but you can't look at it and say, Oh, I got a tremendous value. It's the draft room is kind of dictating what is going on here with the quarterbacks. And that's why I'll say it all the time. You kind of have to be flexible and adjust. Every draft is going to be different, and you have to be prepared for that. That's why I hate going in with a set plan. You can have one. You can have a blueprint because we get so many questions. Hey, I got the fourth pick. Uh, I'm thinking this guy at four, who should I take the next two rounds? I cannot tell you who to take the next two rounds. You can look at my rankings, and I can go through them and give you an idea. But, you know, the draft can throw you a curveball. Maybe all of a sudden, running backs are pushed up the board, and elite receivers are dropping. And you always got to take the value that's presented to you. You know, I had no idea what was going to be there for me here in rounds two and three, and I see that people were – overvaluing the running backs, in my opinion, and devaluing the receivers when we get a 50-point bonus for every 50 yards. I got Juju Miss Houston and Antonio Brown, who I think should have a lot of weeks of 100 yards. It's going to be a big bonus there. So I just took the value that was presented to me, and I'm not going to reach just to say, oh, the running backs are thinning out. I got to get my RB2. It's not the way to play this game. You got to take the value that's presented to you when it's there. We'll continue to talk more football. Look at some headlines going on in the NFL that is ahead right here at full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Joined now by Fantasy Taz from FFChamps.com. Taz, what's up?
2: Hey, buddy, how you doing? Then you know we're right in the middle of the Scott Fishbowl, so everything's up.
0: Definitely, man. It's been uh, fun. I was actually contemplating a pick on air for a little bit. I'll, I'll get your advice on that. But uh, let people know. FFchamps.com, draft kits out. How can they find it? What do you got in there? And how can they join?
2: Oh, absolutely. Just go to ffchamps.com. You'll see the subscription page right there. We got a, a nice breakdown on the front page that shows you what's in our two different packages the basic and the premium. Uh, but I will say the premium is the way to go because you could win a seat at next year's Fantasy Football World Championship in Vegas by becoming a premium member only. So, um, you know, a lot of nice things. We have a great bunch of tools there uh, our customizable cheat sheets, our player index, our draft tracker or mock draft leagues a uh, lot of great information as well uh, it, it's so far everything's been positive everybody seems to be loving it and you know we're, we're hoping to keep moving with that and continue it. it this is a site that has a long history of putting out great information and we're just trying to add to it
0: all right you are a participant in the fishbowl as many of us are in the industry and in your league you had pick 11. Now you love these different scoring formats. You've produced several of these. I've played in uh, leagues with you over the years, uh, including the recent FF Champs Invitational. We did utter chaos, so I'm sure this is right up your alley.
2: Yeah, I love it. it you know, anything that's different. You know, you know me. I, I like different. Anything that causes people to uh, have to rethink how they draft is great for me. There's so many different ways of attacking this draft that and winning that you don't really have to follow any common cheat sheet or ADP. you got to go with your gut and take your guys.
0: So when you looked at this scoring format, did anything stand out? Or is there a strategy that you have? Or did you kind of go in back and forth and saying, yeah, I could see doing this? Uh, because the positions are kind of weighted uh, evenly, like you have done in a lot of your leagues. So is there anything that stood out to you where you had a strategy going in?
2: I always have a strategy going in, and that's taking best player available. Um, you know, I, I try not to say, oh, I want to get a running back in this round, wide receiver in that round, tight end in that round. I'm looking at who do I think is the best player available, uh, at least in the very start to, you know, get the my roster construction where I want it started. And then at that point, then I could start making some changes. But I don't really go in thinking I have to start this or that.
0: Uh, so, you started your draft with Devontae Adams. Doc did the same thing, picking at 12. Was this an easy call? Did you uh, debate one of the tight ends? Because I-, I see this a lot. It happened in my league, too. The guy at 12 took Kittle and Ertz. Same thing happened in your league. So, we know tight ends get a boost here. Uh, did you consider a tight end, or was Adams a-, a pretty easy pick for you?
2: I loved Adams there. I, I thought it was good. You know, th- there's always choices that can be made, but I-, I don't think the bump in tight end scoring is going to be enough. Uh, to really get it out there. Outside of the top three, the other guys are going to have a hard time making those bonus points every week. There's not a lot of them that do 100 yards in a game. They'll have some here and there, but it's going to be very sporadic. So I'm not as high on the tight ends this year as most are. I think there's a lot of good guys that could be had late and cheaper that could really help your team as well. You know, they're not going to put up kittle numbers. I- I'm not expecting that. But i would also I'm not paying a, sec, a first or a second round draft pick for the guy. Meanwhile, I can get my wide receivers and my running backs early, and then you know, and especially my quarterback, since this is a super flex.
0: Now you took Todd Gurley in round two, and again, there's a lot of people who think that the potential injury, arthritis to Gurley, is being overvalued. Others think that he's someone you completely avoid. I know we've talked about it a little, but for those that haven't heard it, you clearly think. Gurley is a value right now.
2: I absolutely do. I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm living or dying with Todd Gurley. I've been talking him up on every show I do and everything I, I write I I think even a slight decrease in touches, which is more than likely going to happen, is still going to allow him to have a great year. The one point I keep coming back to is out of the last eight games that he played last year, five of them, and the only five all season in which he had less than 20 touches a game, five out of the last eight, he had less than 20. Meanwhile, at that same time, over that same stretch, he was averaging over 26 points in uh ppr leagues and he was still the number two running back in the league with you know with that many games under 20 touches in that offense with the fact that he he still catches passes the fact that he gets all the goal line work i think he's absolute i think people are freaking out about him way too much
0: so you're you have to be at least a little bit concerned about this arthritic knee i mean he didn't play in the in the super bowl in the playoffs
2: Yeah, it it came, it came up and bit him. They weren't ready for it. Now they know what they're dealing with. Look, I'm not saying it can't happen. Absolutely. It's always possible he takes a hit on the knee, and it's a problem. But you could say that about every single running back. They take that helmet to a knee, and they could be out for the full year as well. You know, it's nothing more than that. He... Now that they know what they're dealing with, they know how to treat it, they know how to deal with it, he's still only 24 years old. I, you know, I'm not – in a dynasty league, I would have a lot more hesitation. In a redraft league, I really don't have the kind of hesitation that others have. I'm willing to take a shot on it. Uh, I, think, I, I think others would be smart to do the same.
0: Talking to Fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com. Now, I was explaining in the previous segment – in the Superflex League, you know, people always ask for advice, when do I take a quarterback? I say you kind of have to read the draft room and get a feel for it. And in my league, that's exactly what I did. I saw that people were not jumping on the quarterbacks. We had seven quarterbacks through four rounds and uh, nine through five. And then the quarterback run came, and I, was, I got my first quarterback in round six. Uh, your draft was a little bit different. Uh, it, it was a little slow, but then it picked up. Is that what you did here? Because you took Matt Ryan in round three as the seventh quarterback. There were five quarterbacks that went in that round. So, was that a case of you also reading the room and also picking on the ends? you got to be a little bit more aggressive. Or you know that run's going to happen, and you could be left out.
2: And that's exactly right, Now how I visioned it. Um, you know, the one thing you want don't want to do if you're picking at an end in a draft like this is get caught behind that run. Because all of a sudden, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill being your number two quarterback and just can't live with that uh you know it's just you got to be smart but you can't rush into it either i'll tell you coming into the draft i was really thinking about taking uh, my two top quarterbacks the first and second round not so much thinking it was the smartest move on the planet for one way but more in a way to try and get the league to react to it and just cause you know a stir make it different Uh, but I uh, it ended up not going that way Mahomes didn't fall I decided it wasn't a smart move Uh, so you know again you you go in with a thought you just got to be able to move away from that when the draft doesn't fall your way
0: then in round four you took Julian Edelman as the 12th receiver off the board Uh, I got him at 411 in my draft I I just think that he's being undervalued. I think maybe this format's a little bit different, but I think even in in, in redraft leagues, he's being undervalued. You know, he is the safety valve for Brady. You know, he's going to hit the 50 yard bonus consistently of this. Yes. He's not a big touchdown scorer, but first downs you get points for a half point for a first down. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, you probably agree with me since you took Edelman, but uh, I think he's been undervalued so
2: far. I think he's very undervalued. Look, you know, Go to last year's playoffs, Super Bowl, everybody knew the ball was going at him, and they couldn't stop him. They can't stop the guy. When he's on the field, you can't stop him. You know, it, the injury bug is something you got to think about a little bit, but as my number two wide receiver, i take that shot any day. i think take this guy. You know, he's looking at, you know, 8, 10 catches a game most games.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So uh, I, I felt it was really difficult for me to pass on him at 4'11". I was happy to get him there. Then in the next round, you took Robert Woods. Tyree Kill was on the board. We don't know exactly how long the suspension is going to be. A lot of reports came out that it could potentially be four games. Did you think about Tyree Kill there in round five? Because you know that's a potential league-winning pick.
2: I did think about Tyree Kill. I, I thought about him a lot. See, look, I only expect him to get at a max two-game suspension. I just get two. Yeah, two. I don't think he did a thing. But the fact that his name was out there in all the negative press, I think they give him a two. 2 game suspension based on that. They may set it up as a 4 and then he you know he goes back and appeals it and they push it down to 2. That's what I think ultimately happens. Uh look, let's face it. He didn't do anything. They've come out and proven that he did not do anything to his kid. So, you know, it was all a matter of getting the bad press out there and everybody reacted to it. So, I think with a 2 game suspension, he was absolutely uh in my sights there. But because we don't know the NFL and we can't always count on them being smart i ended up going with woods who i know is going to be a steady guy that i can count on week to week and not have to worry about hill
0: uh pretty interesting so in my draft i just took uh, lamar jackson as the 16th quarterback off the board and yours he went 21 i just looked at when he became a starter he gave you a safe 25 to 30 points in this league Uh, what do you think about lamar jackson in this format
2: Yeah, I was hoping to grab him as my quarterback three. I really was. I thought maybe he would fall a little bit further. I'd take the chance at him there. Um, You know, again, if he improves at all as a passing quarterback, the numbers could be through the roof. But he has to do that soon because if he continues to be basically a run-only quarterback, defenses will just start to take that aspect away like the Chargers did in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that is definitely something. Also, if you continue to run that much, you – Get you hit get hurt. A bit more. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other factor too. But it uh, it is kind of funny how like it the, the quarterbacks are valued differently across different drafts. But uh, overall, you're happy with the start so far. You also had Woods and Roethlisberger there.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to make my seventh and eighth round pick here soon, and you know, uh, I'm looking forward to the, to the guys that'll be available to me starting to round out my team. I'm playing a little bit of tight end Russian roulette. Because I didn't go for the tight ends early. And the guys in the middle, I think they're all jumbled up for me. So I got a couple of deep sleepers that I really like that I'm going to take a shot on. All
0: right. That is Fantasy Taz. Find all of his work at ffchamps.com. Always good talking to you. And we will talk again soon.
2: Well, thanks for having me on again, Adam. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. Find him at ffchamps.com. When we return, I'll continue to look at some of the top NFL headlines going on right now and continuing a look at my draft. Maybe I'll be on the clock soon before the show ends. We'll find out. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Texans minus 3 and they cover the spread by 7 points, you'll receive 7 times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER-21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And uh, hopefully you made some money with the home run derby last night. Uh, I had Pete Alonso and Ronald Acuna, so I was able to uh win some money last night uh on uh the home run derby. So I'm probably not gonna do anything with the All Star game tonight. Uh obviously there's things you can do with the MVP and the game, but it's just difficult to kind of gauge there with um you know, players being subbed in and out. Obviously they stay in a little bit longer, uh, but still uh, it's, it's really difficult to predict, so really probably not going to do much with the game tonight. Uh, let's take a look at some uh, headlines right now. It's obviously a little quiet with uh, training camp still a couple weeks away, uh, but there have been some things that have been coming out. Uh, one that stood out to me is Jack Doyle. Uh, they're basically saying he's not rushing his recovery. He did run at full speed in minicamp. And he had that hip injury, and there, he's recovered from that. But he also had a kidney issue, which had required surgery, and he dropped 25 pounds. So they do think he'll be back for training camp, but he doesn't want to push himself. He said he's happy with where he's at, and he's headed in the right direction. But you know, Doyle is someone that I think is a really good value right now. You know, Eric Ebron obviously is uh, someone that everyone is uh, still taking in the top 10, and Uh, I think he's very overvalued right now. He was very reliant on touchdowns last year. And I know Andrew Luck loves throwing to the tight ends. But Jack Doyle was playing a a full complement of snaps. And Ebron really wasn't. When Doyle was on the field, Ebron's numbers suffered. So uh, I think Ebron is very overvalued right now. You know, last year was different. Last year you got him, you know, outside the top 15 tight ends. Now... You're paying for last season's stats. I don't don't think he's going to duplicate it. I think it's going to be really difficult. I like where Doyle is going right now. You know, uh, Doyle's been really good when he's been healthy and on the field. So, uh, this news actually might push him down a little bit, the draft board. And uh, I have him ranked higher than his ADP. So, that's the thing is, you know, people will look at the rankings and go, wow, I really love Jack Doyle. You still have to kind of... Take This is where taking ADP into account is crucial. Uh Because if you see my ranking, you'll be like, oh, I should take him here. But look at the ADP and understand, okay, I can wait a round or two. You know, you don't want to wait too long. You can jump up a round or two at ADP, especially in those middle rounds where you want to get your guy. But I just think Doyle, you know, as long as he's healthy, will have a, a really nice year. You can get him outside the top 12 tight end. So I definitely am monitoring his health because... Uh, It's pretty important, but uh, I think this could drive down the price a little bit. And, you know, it's always tricky here in the preseason uh, with injuries because I I did make the mistake last year of uh, passing on George Kittle in a draft because he was banged up in the preseason. And uh, for those that, you know, followed last year, I wrote an article in our draft kit saying George Kittle is the tight end to target. And I got a little bit scared off with that injury in the preseason. It turned out not to be serious and regret passing on Kittle in that one draft. So teams are going to be very cautious with players coming off injuries, uh, but that can also lead to a depressed price in drafts. So Doyle is definitely a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. we we'll also keeping an eye on the Eagles' backfield here. Uh, Miles Sanders has been going at a pretty good price. Uh, there was a report from uh, one of the Philly beat writers that he needs to improve his pass protection, but... That's what usually happens with rookies. I mean, ball security is definitely an issue, and how much is it going to be used in the passing game? But considering his draft price right now, generally in that 25 to 30 range, uh, I'll take a shot there, uh, especially if I get one of those elite running backs that I talked about in the top four, and I tend to wait. It's just the way the draft goes in the ones that I've did. Now, I said every draft is different. I've just noticed that when I'm picking in the top four, I tend to come back with two or three wide receivers. And then, depending what's there in round five at running back, I might take one. You know, if a David Montgomery's there, I'll take him. Uh, this is you know best ball. But you know, as I did in the FSGA draft, you know, I got the the, the two pick there and took um, a uh, uh, Barkley with the two, and then came back with uh, three receivers and a tight end, and then just took a lot of home run picks at the running back position. The Jalen Samuels, Damian Harris. And that's what I'm going to do, and that's a redraft league too. So at least there I have the waiver wire to work with. Obviously, in a best ball draft, it's a little bit different. You know, I'm going to take the running backs a little bit earlier. Uh, Doing a a best ball draft right now. And, yeah, I have, uh, I think, three running backs through the uh, first seven rounds. Looking at my team here. um, I actually have – so, you know, it's a different strategy in a best ball format. Uh, because you can't make roster moves, so in this one it's David Johnson, David Montgomery, and Rashad Penny. So I might not do that in a redraft league, um, but that's through seven rounds. And uh, you know I think Montgomery was round five, Penny was round seven. So I'm willing to do that because in most leagues you only have to start two running backs, and there's going to be players that emerge off the waiver of wire. They're like last year. I mean Philip Lindsay is the perfect example. I mean, he really wasn't on the radar. There was some talk about him in training camp looking good, but he really didn't go in a lot of drafts. Uh, I don't remember him going in many of our high-stakes 20-round drafts. I did debate him with the last pick of my draft out in Vegas just because I saw some of the reports uh, decided to pass on him instead, and obviously he became a hot waiver wire pickup in week one. So there will be a couple running backs Usually every year that emerge in the first few weeks so you can get off the waiver wire. But in a ball draft, obviously you don't have that ability. So you need to be more cognizant of that running back position. And I'll take them a little bit earlier. But in a redraft league like the fishbowl here. Now, the waivers is not going to be deep in this. This is a 22-round draft. And there's no kickers, no defense. So there's not going to be a ton on the waiver wire. That's why you see the strategy for Fab a little bit different here you're going to see a lot of people spend a ton of money early on. You know, some people might even blow most of their budget. If there is a player that comes out in week one, I would think last year, Lindsay probably went for between $90 and 95 in a lot of leagues, uh, just because you know that there's not going to be a ton that emerges off the waiver wire over the course of a season. And if you can get that impact player early on, I think a lot of people are going to do it. So, uh, and in, in this draft, specifically in the fishbowl, to me, you know, the running backs have just been flying off the board. I mean, there's a team with four running backs at this point, and there's a lot of volatility there. Uh, you know, if two of those guys don't pan out, that team's going to be in trouble because we've got four flex spots. So, I'm going to take the more stable wide receivers. So, can they get hurt? Sure. There's no question about it, but we know the running back position, you see more injuries. So uh, again, I think you have to know the format, you have to look at the draft, and uh, adjust accordingly. So, uh, as I said, with the quarterback run there, I was kind of just playing the draft room, and it seemed to me, you get a feel pretty early on. Uh, I got the feel, okay, this 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 room is waiting on the quarterback. I'm going to do that too. And uh, so far it has worked out, I, I think. We'll find out during the season. But uh, uh, that's what makes this draft interesting. It makes you think, and there's no uh, clear-cut way to go. Uh, it looks like, uh, Cam Newton should be a full participant when training camp opens. That's from the Charlotte observers, Brendan Marks. Uh, remember Cam Newton had that shoulder surgery in January and it looks like he's on track. He did throw at mini camp. So that's pretty good. Obviously if he's hundred percent, he's going to be good. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons in this offense. You could clearly see, you can't look at Cam Newton's numbers last year and really judge him because that shoulder was a clear problem. If you watched any of Cam Newton's games, I mean, he just couldn't throw the ball downfield. I mean, he should have shut it down a lot earlier. He tried to play through it. But, man, those last couple of weeks that he played, he had that game against the Bucks. Terrible defense. He did throw for 300 yards, but two touchdowns and four picks. Then week 14 against the Browns, he had 265, no touchdowns in a pick. And then that game against the Saints, 131 passing yards, no touchdowns in a pick. So, clearly – it was affecting him, and he just couldn't get the ball downfield. He didn't have strength in that shoulder. Uh, but as long as Cam is healthy, you know, he's going to run the football uh, a lot. Even last year, he was still, still running the football with that shoulder. Not as much late in the year. There were a couple games where he only had two rushing attempts. Uh, but you know Cam's usually going to be in that 8-12 to area. And, you know, he's got some good weapons now. You know, with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, if Greg Olsen is healthy, McCaffrey in the pass game, it's pretty good. So um, Cam Noon has not landed on any of my teams yet, but I do like him. Um, You know, it really depends on the price and what you have to pay for him. Uh, he was the eighth quarterback off the board here in the fishbowl. So I I wasn't taking him there in round five uh, because at that point when I had a chance to take Noon, there were only six quarterbacks off the board. Actually, no, there were seven. So there were seven quarterbacks off the board. Uh, And I was picking on that turn. So I said, all right, yeah, there'll be a run on quarterbacks by the time it comes back. But I figure I'll get at least one I like potentially too. So it was just anticipation and looking at the run. But I do think if Cam Newton's healthy, uh, he'll be pretty good. It still seems, though, in a lot of drafts, he is going uh, in the top 10 of quarterbacks. And he probably should. Again, I think that that's the thing is that tier is so close. And that's also why I waited on quarterback. Because when you look at like the top, like quarterback – four, five to 20, there's not a huge separation there in points. It's usually three points per game. It's just not significant unless you feel one of those quarterbacks can really rise to the upper echelon and have a Pat Mahomes-like season. You know, Pat Mahomes was that quarterback last year that we're looking at in that 12 to 16 range that just had a monster season. Now, we know that was an outlier, a real historic season. I mean, he had you know, uh, season comparable to some of the best that Brady and Peyton Manning had. So I don't think we'll see anyone like that. But if there is a quarterback in that range that I think that can produce, it's, it's Kyler Murray. Uh, He was the 11th quarterback off the board in this draft. And just because the, he's going to run, he's a great athlete. So he's going to give you a high floor there. there. And he's probably going to put the ball in the air. 550 to 600 times, because for a couple of reasons, they're going to play at a very high pace We know with Kingsbury there, they're going to run a high-octane offense. That's the plan. People will point to the offensive line for Arizona. But Murray is going to nullify that with his ability to scramble outside the pocket and buy time. And if they do run at the high pace, he's going to put the ball in the air a lot. And he's going to run a ton. And we all know this. The running quarterbacks in fantasy, very important, man. I mean... If you look at, like, Dak Prescott, and you just look at his passing numbers, you're going to be like, ah, 22 touchdowns, 23, that's not good. He's had at least six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three years. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not sustainable, but he's done it three years in a row. He's a guy that takes off a lot. He had 75 rushing attempts last year, and over the last three years, he is second among quarterbacks in attempts inside the 10-yard line. He has 30 attempts inside the 10-yard line the last three years. The only quarterback with more is Cam Newton with 33. So Murray is, is going to be up there. So he is the guy that I think that you want in that range. Now, the thing is, he, he is getting hype. Um, he, he, 11th quarterback off the board here, and for that team, it was a QB, too. I mean, that is a really, really good spot uh, to take him. You know, you get the stable quarterback in Matt Ryan, and then he took Kyler Murray. I, I mean, I like that pair. Uh, And a lot of it is where you pick in the draft. I mean, I kind of knew once I passed on a quarterback in round five, the likelihood is I'm not getting Kyler Murray, and I'm okay with that. Do I want him? Yes, but you have have to consider what the draft cost is to acquire him. And, you know, definitely want to get a couple shares of Kyler Murray. Just like last year, I wanted to get a couple shares of Mahomes, and I was fortunate to get Mahomes in Las Vegas when we did the beat Adam Ronis online league. So definitely want to have some Kyler Murray this year, but – uh, the price is is pretty high right now. I mean, he is starting to go in the top 12 quarterbacks in a lot of leagues. Now, maybe in your home league, could be a little bit different. They'll be a little bit more skeptical of a rookie, but uh, certainly looking like it's going to take a uh, a high price tag to uh, acquire Kyler Murray this year for sure, uh, based on the, the drafts that I'm seeing. A lot of talk about Mark Andrews in Baltimore, and – I like him. I mean, he was good last year down the stretch. Lamar Jackson was looking for him, and there's some talk that he could be a featured receiver this year uh, for this upcoming year. They do have Hayden Hurst at tight end, who was also a first-round pick in 2018. Hurst a little banged up last year, but uh, Andrews looked good. I mean, he's a great tight end, too, to get with upside, and uh, I have him ranked higher than his ADP. I mean, he would be a really good tight end, I think, in this format, too, in the fishbowl where we only start one tight end. But you can flex four spots. So uh, there might be some weeks where you flex a tight end. I did it a little bit last year, picked up uh, Chris Herndon. Uh, I did have some struggles at the tight end position last year in this league. But, yeah, I mean, if you wait on your tight end, and a lot of teams are doing that, we've only seen six tight ends go here through the first six rounds, which is probably appropriate. But uh, to get Mark Andrews as your tight end, too, would be uh, an ideal setup this year because – there is the possibility that he moves in to that tight end one range. It's certainly not out of the question. So that's definitely someone that uh, I want to take a, a look at uh, as a tight end two in my leagues this year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster thinks James Washington will sneak up on people this year. And that's the, the one of the keys we're looking at with Pittsburgh this year is who's going to be that number two options. A lot of people think it's going to be Dante Moncrief. Um, Washington, obviously, a rookie last year didn't do much. They also drafted Deontay Johnson in the third round. So there's a lot of targets up for grab uh, in this offense, especially with Antonio Brown gone. So we know Juju's going to get his, but how much higher can Juju go after getting a ton of targets last year in this offense? Uh, so that's going to be one of the key battles that we watch here in training camp is James Washington and Dante Moncrief. I've seen in recent drafts Moncrief really going uh, as the highest receiver and uh, the number two spot for Pittsburgh. Uh, Delaney Walker doesn't know if he'll open the camp, uh, open camp on the active uh, PUP list. He did not participate in the offseason program. Uh, he's coming back from that broken ankle. I haven't taken him in any drafts. He's generally going in that tight end 10, 11, 12 range. You know, it's taken a little while for this recovery. He's a little bit older. And look, when he has been on the field, he's been very, very productive. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, but I don't know, an older tight end. Coming off an injury, and he's a little behind. Uh, haven't really gotten him in any drafts yet. And again, he could be productive in this offense. When you look at what they have there, uh, not many receivers, but this is a real conservative offense. But uh, Delaney Walker is someone kind of has to fall to me if I'm going to take him in a draft uh, at this point because you know, I definitely I'm worried about the injury. That's something definitely to keep an eye on in training camp uh, for the Titans. Um, You know, I mentioned something about Lamar Jackson here and the key for him to take that step up. Number one is improve the passing and get better on third down. And, you know, if it's third and long teams know, okay, he's going to have to pass. They're going to bring the pressure. So he's got to get better at that. Uh, They did say in training camp, he's gotten a little bit better, but he's so athletic and he does so much with his legs. Uh, And that offsets a lot of the passing. So uh, that's going to be the big key for him here is what he can do as a passer. Will he improve? And uh, it's something to keep an eye on this year. We do have the All-Star game tonight, uh, so it should be pretty interesting. Here a couple of baseball notes here uh, to be aware of. Uh, it looks like the uh, White Sox are going to call up A.J. Reed after the All-Star break. Uh, remember, he was recently released by the uh, Astros. Uh, he has not really produced – um, in Triple A this year, 224 back, 329 OBP, 469 slugging percentage. He's 26 years old, and we know he has a ton of power, uh, but it just wasn't happening with the Astros. So we'll see if that change of scenery helps there. Diego Castillo threw a scoreless inning in a rehab appearance today for the Rays. He walked one, struck out one in his rehab appearance. So there's a chance that he could be back and maybe be in the mix For saves, he was obviously pitching very poorly before the shoulder injury, and we did see uh, Pagan have a really dominant ninth inning against the Yankees to pick up a save, but there is a chance Castillo gets back in the mix, especially with uh, Alvarez out six to eight weeks with that oblique injury, so... You know, if you are in need of saves and you can get them for a buck or you have an open roster spot, definitely worth putting on there just in case uh, to see if he gets involved in the mix. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. I have a ton of fantasy football content up there. You can ask me questions on the message boards and forums. And head on over to playffwc.com. We got a couple drafts tonight beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'll be back Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.